Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Oh God, you are here, and we are here, Lord. May we be here together, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Well, happy Mother's Day to all moms and mom-like figures in our lives. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do to make our world better. 1966, big year. That's when Revolver was released by the Beatles. And they, on that, they had a song, Eleanor Rigby. Y'all heard of that? You, you familiar with it? I even see some college kids over here shaking their head. Yeah, I know, I know. Look at all the lonely people. All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? I was reading an article from the Harvard Business Review that was written in 2017 on work and loneliness. And it was from the former U.S. Surgeon General and he says this, During my years caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. When I first took office at Surgeon General in 2014, I didn't view loneliness as a public health concern. But that was before I embarked on a cross-country listening tour where I heard stories from my fellow Americans that surprised me. People began to tell me that they felt isolated, invisible, and insignificant. Even when they couldn't put their finger on the word lonely, time and time again, people from all ages and all socioeconomic backgrounds from every corner of the country would tell me, I have to shoulder all of life's burdens by myself. Or, if I disappear tomorrow, no one will even notice me. Isn't that remarkable? It is, according to the Surgeon General, a public health epidemic. Loneliness is far more than just being alone or it's more than just a bad feeling. It harms us both individually and it impacts societal health. And did you know that about one out of every two adults in America report experiencing loneliness? And this is pre-COVID-19. Loneliness it has been found, increases the risk of premature death by nearly 30% and is associated with a greater risk of cardiovascular disease, dementia, stroke, depression, 
and anxiety. And the morality, <coughs> mortality impact of being socially disconnected, are you ready for this, is similar to that caused by smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. And even greater than that associated with obesity and physical inactivity. I find that absolutely mind-boggling and blowing. We were created for one another. We were created to connect with one another. We were created to be connected and in relationship. And when we're not, it has significant impact on our lives. Because we know that loneliness hurts. It does. Most of us experience a moment in our lives when changes, maybe a retirement or an event of some sort or a tragedy or a trauma that has left us feeling lonely, alone, orphaned, to use language from our scripture today, friendless. In these times, we often wonder to ourselves, where will I go now? Who am I? What will I do? Where will I go? Who will be with me? This is real, and it's not just a COVID-19 thing. And I suspect that there's people in this room, considering that one out of two feel this way, um, this message is particularly important for you. Because in a culture that is experiencing loneliness in academic proportions, perhaps more than ever, perhaps more than ever, we need to hear Jesus' promise from today's gospel. And it is this, I will not leave you orphaned. When I read the gospel text, and there's a lot in this text, those are the words that stuck out to me most. I will not leave you orphaned. I will not leave you alone. Another way of saying it is, I will not leave you friendless. Orphaned or friendless means being so isolated in this world that it feels like no one cares whether or not we live or die. Jesus is speaking directly to some of our greatest fears, some of the greatest reality, and some of the greatest challenges in our lives. He speaks to our sense of abandonment, isolation, loneliness, and vulnerability. And he reminds us, as I said, that we are not intended to be self-sufficient. And I know as Americans, we pride ourselves on being self-sufficient. And as a, an extreme INFJ introvert on the Myers-Briggs scale, I, I think I can do things on my own. Life is not intended for us to do alone. Live life alone, we feel we start to lose that sense of hope. You know, and he reminds us that we don't have to do life alone. That he will not leave us orphaned. 
We will not live life without his presence, without an identity or without a direction. And this is really important because God is present even when we don't see it, know it, or believe it. The fact is that God is here with us. And that's why every Sunday I say, God, you are here, Lord. We're here. May we be here together. And the reason I say that is I'm not trying to manifest God from the clouds somewhere. I'm just simply calling out a reality that God is here with us. And we're here. And I just want to awaken to the presence and the reality and become conscious of God's presence with us. Right? That is so essential because we pick up from last week's farewell discourse. That's where this gospel comes from. And it took place after Judas's departure in the upper room that Father Greg spoke about, right? And this was an evening of, um, you could say, significant disorientation for the disciples. Their world was literally falling apart. Um, they had entered Jerusalem for the last time. And Jesus is speaking clearly now about his death. He's washed their feet. He washed Judas's feet, right? He served a meal. He took bread, he broke it and gave it and said, this is my body, right? He feeds them and then he gives them a new commandment. Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment. And he says, love one another as I have loved you. You are to love one another. And he says, this is the way that the world will know that you belong to me. By the way you love one another. Isn't it remarkable? He didn't say this is the way the world's going to know by how you vote or whether you're a lifelong cradle Episcopalian. Jesus says this one thing and one thing only. The world's going to know that you belong to me by the way that you love one another. And love one another as you have loved, I have loved you. Now these guys were facing profound loneliness, shame, disillusionment, and fear. And he anticipates that his departure, so he speaks these words of hope and peace and promise to their hurting, confused, and disoriented hearts. And I think it's a word for all of us, even now or especially now. If you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and God the Father will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Forever. The gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is not something that we earn, but the fruit of a loving relationship with Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, they, and thus for we, are still connected in a living way to Jesus. Now, Jesus uses a a distinct word to describe the spirit, and he uses this in John's gospel, is parakletos, and it literally means one who comes along beside you. 
It gets translated comforter, helper, counselor, encourager. But Jesus is essentially telling his people, and therefore us, that I will never, ever leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. I will not leave you or abandon you. I will not leave you orphaned, or neither will I leave you friendless. But I will give you my very spirit to be in you, to walk along beside you for eternity. Now, the most literal translation is simply the word advocate. Like we have a healthcare advocate, you know, like my insurance company. You ever been put on hold by your insurance company and you're like, hey, where's my vitamins? Well, I got a healthcare advocate. I just call her and she gets on it. Right, And it's nice to have someone to come along beside and advocate on our behalf, isn't it? And that's exactly what Jesus is saying that this Spirit, this Holy Spirit will do for you. The Holy Spirit is God's presence who recreates the person of Jesus within us. That's a big mouthful there. The Holy Spirit is God's presence, God's very essence who recreates the person of Jesus in us. And Jesus claims that the Holy Spirit will be a living reality in our lives as we keep his commandments. And what are those commandments? (laughs) Sorry, y'all didn't, maybe some of you didn't hear that. Well, he only gave one in the Gospel of John. Only one. Love your priest. (laughs) No, he didn't say that. A new commandment I give you, Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. You will love one another. By this, everyone will know that you belong to me, that you're my disciple, if you love one another. Isn't that remarkable? Because we have a lot of people using the word Christian. I don't even know what that means, really. I mean, I know what I think it means, but then somebody else has a whole different definition of what Christian is because some people's version of Christianity is one that's hate-filled, it's one fear-based, it's one that's shameful, it's one that does damage, it's one that makes people feel orphaned, and that's not what I'm talking about. So much has been said and done and used and usurped, and we think by the way we vote in America that that makes us a follower of Jesus or something. But Jesus gave us one commandment and one only, and that is to love one another as I have loved you. And he says, when you do that, that's the way the world's going to know that you belong to me. That's how they'll know. Not by how much you quote your Bible, no matter what Bible you read from, no matter where you go to church and what denomination you are or what denomination you're not. No. There's only one way that the world is going to know that you belong to me, Jesus says. And that's by how you love one another. Isn't that remarkable? We can all go home now. (laughs) Now, this doesn't earn us Jesus' love. 
it reveals it. By keeping the commandments does not make Jesus present to us. As we love one another, we are actually present with Jesus. We literally enter into God's heart. And here's the deal. You know how you do this? You surrender your way there. You let go and you let God do it through you. See, we experience the fulfillment of his promise that we are not alone. The God in whom we live and move and have our being is the source of our love. The advocate, God's spirit, our helper, our friend, right? God's own heart is living within us and making it possible. And the only way we can do it is to open ourselves to it. And if you want to cure loneliness, Jesus has the remedy 2,000 years ago. Perhaps he had some insight on human nature. And he knew that we need one another and that we need to be connected. Not just in tribes of people, but literally God so loved the world that we all need to be connected, that we need each other. And without it, we're not functioning in wholeness. When we're disconnected, we're not healthy, we're not whole. And Jesus came to make us whole. Katrina and I watched a movie on Friday night. It's a Tom Hanks movie. A Man Called Otto. Anyone seen that? You know, it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those who don't know, Otto is a grumpy, recent retiree who's given up on life following the loss of his wife, and he wants to end it all. Once he's forced outside, though, of his sorrow, right, um, and misery and despair, his world's turned around. See, Otto lived alone. His wife had passed six months prior, and he lived in a lot of pain and a lot of loneliness. And he thought everyone was an idiot. And a lot of times I thought he was right. But nevertheless, he thought everyone was an idiot. That's until he started having these chance encounters with neighbors. And these idiot neighbors <laughs> slowly cure him of his loneliness, his isolation. And he has a complete life change. When he lets people into his life and he loves other people, his loneliness is cured, he changes, and he becomes a different person. Loving others can immediately exchange, change our perspective and re-energize us and give us life, which is why compassion is linked to well-being. This is why we feed hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people throughout the years. Not because we're such good people. I mean, we are. But we're just loving them. And it's weird what happens to you when you scoop bread pudding on a plate of a homeless person. 
and you look them in the eyes and you become present with them. It's remarkable what happens to you when you wash someone's feet and you put a new pair of shoes on them. It is crazy what happens to you when you read a Bible story to a child. They might not be changed, but you will be. And whatever loneliness you're experiencing, God will reveal himself there to you and those people. When I was in San Francisco, I was a chaplain at San Francisco General Hospital. And like a fool, I got connected with the methadone clinic there. They had a methadone clinic. You ever hung out at a methadone clinic? It'll change your life. Because they wanted me to come over and do a, a funeral for one of the people, that, one of the patients that had passed. And so I set up this, invited and they let me set up a spirituality program there on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. And I had these guys from all different walks of life show up to this Monday morning spirituality program. Now, I didn't talk to them and give them Christianese. I didn't read my Bible to them or any of that. We just sat in a circle and talked and got real. And every time I left, I felt like I was walking on air as I left the building. I don't know how they felt, but that is the closest to God spirit, whatever you want to call it, that I've ever felt in my life. Why for do you want to do this, preacher? I said, I need to do this for me. And I remember telling them, we need each other. We need each other. We're created for this. Muhammad Gandhi said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. The 12 steps say it really well. You have to give it away to keep it. You can't keep what you have unless you're willing to give it away. See, the love that Jesus says to give one another, that he commands us to share, is the love, is the love that we are been endless, endlessly given in him. And then Jesus says, you in me and I in you. Sit with that. You in me, Jesus says, and I in you. That's the definition of love. God with you always. And it's so strange that it just so happens to be the cure for loneliness. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Amen.
Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.